Hello there. Welcome to Series 1 of Satisfied. The Series 1 podcasts relate to the everyday women, ever faithful God, and the Walk from Fear to Faith Bible studies. I'm Melanie Newton, just an ordinary woman who loves the Lord and His Word. I'm so glad you've joined me for this series of podcasts that will help you trust God as you walk from fear to faith in your life. In your lesson, you learned from the lives of two widows that God could be trusted to provide. This podcast will look at four lessons to learn regarding God's provision. Ready? Jesus said to his followers, don't let your needs dominate your thoughts. Your heavenly father knows your needs. He cares for the creatures in the natural world, so they lack nothing. He will care for you. Give yourself to the Lord first. Pursue God's purposes more than your own purposes. Think differently about God's provision for you. Out of my study and my life experience, I believe God has four lessons for us to learn today regarding His provision. Lesson number one, God's provision is His to give and take away. Regard it humbly. Everything we have comes from God. Paul reminds us about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, when he asks, What do you have that God hasn't given you? The answer is nothing. There isn't anything we have that we did not receive from God. Birthplace, height, attractiveness, intelligence, natural talents, and opportunities. All those came from God. Yet we can boastfully live as though we had everything to do with those things. Everything we have comes from God. But what we have is not a measure of our goodness or our faith. How God chooses to provide for you or for me at any time in our lives is His sovereign choice. Paul was in God's will and doing exactly what God purposed for him to do. Yet he experienced times of hunger and want. When God removes our comforts and strips away our support, we actually begin to depend upon Him as God Almighty, as an essential to our lives, not just an appendage. Don't let anyone deceive you by equating prosperity with your measure of faith. What we have is not a measure of our goodness or our faith. And God determines our provision, the how, when, and why. Most of the time, God's provision is going to come through people, not miraculously appear from the sky. People design products and services to sell. They take the risk to start businesses and hire workers, including you. People buy farmers' crops, and people provide meals for someone in a time of need. God chooses how He provides for His own. We must learn to trust whatever manner He chooses. God determines our provision, the how, when, and why. Our provision belongs to God. Hold on to it loosely. Just before Elijah went to live with the widow Z, God had him living beside a stream for about six months. Birds brought him food twice a day. But it's during a drought, so he watches the stream gradually dry up. He sees it happen. In his sermon series on Elijah, Chuck Swindoll made this great observation. The God who gave the water has chosen to take the water. It's his sovereign right. He gives the child, he can take it away. He gives the business, he can take it away. He gives the house, he can take it away. Yikes, I don't like that. Do you? But it's true. 
Lesson number one, God's provision is His to give and take away. Regard it humbly. Lesson number two is this, God's provision is always enough. Receive it gratefully. The definition of enough is as much as is needed or can be tolerated. I think I can tolerate quite a bit, don't you? But maybe God knows better. I've learned two things about this. The sufficiency of God's enough is the first one. Consider what Moses told the people of Israel at the end of 40 years of nomadic life in the desert. With manna in the morning and quail every night for supper, no house or farm, no new shoes or clothes, Moses says they lacked nothing. That's in Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 7. Later, he tells them that in their new land with abundant water and bountiful food, they will lack nothing. That's in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 9. With little or with lots, they lack nothing. That makes no sense at all to us. But here's what it means. When you have the Lord's provision, whatever it is, you lack nothing that you need at this time in your life. It's what you have that counts, not what you don't have. That's the sufficiency of God's enough. Then there's the creativity of God's enough. When you receive God's provision, you learn that He is creative and personal. For one widow, she had endless pancakes, but only enough for today with a promise for tomorrow. No 50-pound sack of flour in her pantry. She had to trust that her jar would be refilled every night for the next day's meals. She lacked nothing. For the other woman, she had a bottomless pot of oil, enough for today and to plan for her future. She lacked nothing. God doesn't do the same thing for everyone. Both of those women had to learn how to follow God's directions, even when it made no sense. Your hope is to be in your God, not in prosperity, current, or future. That's recognizing the creativity of God's enough. Lesson number two, God's provision is always enough. Receive it gratefully. Lesson number three is this. God's provision is meant to be shared. Give it generously. That is wrapped up in the word compassion. What does compassion look like? Let's try to describe it, okay? Compassion is doing, not feeling. It is doing something to ease someone's pain whether it's for this week or more. And in reality, most times of need last longer than a day. God's plan for the needy in Israel was that perfectly good food was purposely left in the fields for the poor to have. That's being proactive. Compassion is doing, not feeling. Compassion also requires trusting God, not having plenty. This is totally opposite of the world's thinking, isn't it? There is a fine line between good stewardship of the provisions God's given today and not trusting God enough to be able to share it. I recently discovered the most mind-blowing verses in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 2. Paul says this about some of his Christian friends. Out of the most severe trial... Their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. I'm going to repeat that. 
out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. That is so radical. Extreme poverty, giving generously with overflowing joy? As someone once said, it's not what you would do with a million if riches should ever be your lot. But what are you doing at present with the dollar and a quarter you've got? Compassion requires trusting God, not having plenty. It's what you do with what you have. And then compassion shares God's riches flowing through us. God's grace can make a dynamic difference in the mindset of his people when it comes to provision. Whether you are the receiver or the giver, how you do both should be different than what the world does. Paul goes on to say in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need, so that in turn, their plenty will supply what you need. Here's the key. God's riches to us are supplied through us to meet another's needs. We are brothers and sisters in a large family with a responsibility to care for each other. That may require some learning to live without something, so we have more to give. Compassion is doing, not feeling. Requires trusting God, not having plenty. Is God's riches flowing through us to someone else and... Compassion is personal. Have you experienced the joy of deliberately and delightfully meeting the specific needs of a person with a name and a face you know? I remember a particularly tough time for us when a friend of mine shopped with two baskets, one for her family, the other for our family. Everything she bought for her family for Thanksgiving, she bought for us including all the staples to make everything we would need. When she pulled up in my driveway, I was absolutely floored by her love in action. Compassion is personal. So lesson number three is this. God's provision is meant to be shared. Give it generously. Lesson number four. God's provision brings him glory. Praise him openly. Knowing women... I picture both widows in our lesson today telling their stories. I hope you are openly sharing how God has creatively provided for you in a tough time. As you do so, that is giving him praise. When you acknowledge that what you have comes from God, whether much or little, that is giving him glory. Every time you tell about it, thank him. Ask God to give you frequent opportunity to tell that story and give him praise. My dear sisters, let's recognize lesson number four. God's provision brings him glory. Praise him openly. And whenever there doesn't seem to be enough, remember our four truths to stand strong in those tough times. God loves you. He knows what is going on in your life. He can do something about it. And you can trust his goodness in whatever he chooses to do. Whatever provision you do receive from God, regard it humbly, receive it gratefully, give it generously, and praise Him openly. Those are important on your walk from fear to faith. Until next time, 
I'm Melanie Newton, hoping you will join me in being satisfied by his love.